What's up, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the Dwight Chocolate Podcast. We got a lot to talk about today. We got Summer League. We got Lonzo Ball lighting it up. We got new free agent signings. And we also got a brand new NBA rule. Are you ready to talk about this today, Sean? Drove all the way up to see you in San Francisco. I'm tired, but I'm excited to talk about some basketball. Yeah, just a heads up for everybody. This is our first in-person podcast. I'm excited about this. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely worth the drive. Um, no traffic on the way and you know it's late but we're gonna power through we got a lot to talk about yeah we do so just to kick it off right from the start um big changes coming to the nba the nba board agrees to reduce the number of total timeouts from 18 to 14 as well as reducing it to two timeouts within the last three minutes of the fourth quarter yeah pretty interesting change that they decided to make what are your thoughts on it initially uh initially i'm thinking does the nba want to go to nba 2k now you know people are dropping threes almost <laughs> like video game like um but no on a on a real note i definitely i i like it because kind of like what adam silver was shooting for is to try to improve the flow of this game there's there's too many pauses there's too many reviewing um and it gets it gets kind of tiring for the fan and i think I think this really this is going to be good for the game. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so this move by the NBA board tells me two things. One, the NBA is not hurting for money. They don't need more timeouts, more commercial time, get, right. that, get that ad revenue flowing. And two, I think that they are worried about uh, teams taking timeouts in the middle of the first quarter, middle of the third quarter, mm-hmm. um, even at the beginning of a half when – you are just starting a game or you just come out of halftime and you're really excited to get the game going again and maybe you see a team take a timeout if the other team scores two baskets in a row on them and it's kind of it kind of uh downs gives you a down mood a little bit so right um yeah so i I think it's a great move though i'm excited for it i think it's gonna make the game a lot more exciting to watch yeah i agree and it's it's gonna be a little bit interesting to see this once in implementation um what I what I am excited about is we're gonna we're gonna really get to see what teams out there are truly disciplined and what coaches really trust their players, because um, you're not gonna be able to take these timeouts to bail people out or um, just try to ruin the momentum of the op- opposition or anything like that. Yeah. So does this move actually favor high octane offenses like the Rockets, like the Warriors that just want to run up and down the floor? Uh, that's an interesting thing. Um. I kind of want to say that in a way it doesn't because some of these guys are from running high octane offenses like this might be exhausted by the time That's they true, hit this. Yeah. And we don't have these timeouts to kind of bail you out to catch a breather. It might affect them in that way, but most likely I would I would say it's maybe it's pretty much neutral. I think it it's going to depend really on what the game is looking like at that point. Mm-hmm. And two timeouts in the last 3 minutes, that's a pretty big one. Because you'll see teams take timeout after every play in the right. last minute if they save them up. Mm-hmm. Now you have to really think about when to use the timeout in the right spot. I think the better coaches are going to be able to use that more effectively than the less experienced ones. Mm-hmm. I thought I just I had. Um, I wonder what if the league will do anything in terms of like when you're reviewing calls in those last few minutes. I wonder if the league will one day be okay when referees are reviewing calls. You can't use that as a moment to take a cheap timeout, sort of get on the floor That's and so talk That's so hard up. to govern, though. It's it is. The, the, all the reps are crowded around the camera. None mm-hmm. of them are watching what the coaches are doing. Right. Now, yeah, I don't think they would be able to manage that. Because, 
Yeah, there's definitely teams that take advantage of that. Oh, there is. And I feel like if I'm a coach and once these reviews happen, I'm going to take advantage of that time and get my team on board. It'll, it might almost become like a thing you pr you practice in practice to make sure that you get your routine right. Like as oh, soon definitely. as you know something's getting reviewed, like everybody huddle up for taking this as a, as our, as a time to like talk about this next play. Yeah, definitely. But I think this will be a cool move for the NBA. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. All right. So moving on from there, we got something pretty, pretty, I would say pretty bad for Laker fans. <laughs> I mean, every, all of us were out here hoping that Paul George was actually a realistic thing for us. But in the introductory press conference today, Paul George went as far as to say that the Lakers rumors were overstated. Um, he spoke highly of OKC. Um, Oklahoma City really came out and embraced him. He signed a couple autographs. And it seems like that could be the place he's staying at. What did you think of the press conference of Paul George? Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting that he said that because I was one of the people that thought that he was just going to stay there for one year and team up with whoever's on the Lakers at that point. Yeah. And the Lakers seemed like they were clearing all this or like trying to clear all this room for next year to sign a guy like him. And Magic Johnson seemed to be swaying that way as well. And then he comes out and saying this. Um, it's, it's so hard to know what the media is blowing up and what they aren't these days. Mm -hmm. Everyone's looking for a story. And to hear Paul, that come out of Paul George's mouth is, yeah, that, that's the most valid claim so far. I yeah. think like you can listen to all these media outlets and whatever, but hearing it from Paul George, it makes it sound like, he wants to stay in OKC, mm -hmm. and um, he has all the reason to. He's with the reigning league MVP. Uh, they got some good pieces around them, and Stephen Adams, and Ennis Cantor, and you know uh, Kevin Durant said that OKC would blow him away. Yeah. Uh, also, an interesting uh, take on that. So. Yeah, I wonder what if Kevin Durant is trying to like secretly get himself to be good with the Oklahoma City community by putting that quote out there <laughs> or telling Paul or, or, you know, strategically thinking that Paul George would say, hey, Kevin Durant said this to me. Yeah, so that's the positive spin on it. <laughs> the negative spin, the conspiracy theory that I've heard is that Kevin Durant was trying to make it so Paul George wouldn't go to Cleveland. Ah. So he's like, I need to get this guy on a team that's not going to be playing me in the finals next year. Right. So he had OKC just come out out of nowhere and swipe him up. That's an interesting thing. Um, I mean, I guess some of these guys are crazy competitive and they're thinking about all these things. It's possible because um, it is crazy when you think about it. Like as good as Paul George is and Russell Westbrook, the way this Western Conference is looking, in my mind, I think OKC is going to be a third seed. So the Warriors might not even get to see this. This right. duo in the playoffs. Exactly. It's the perfect crime. <laughs> All right. Well, talking about the Western Conference, here we go to the Houston Rockets, who I think are probably going to be the second best team in the West. Well, was just reporting that the Rockets are aggressively pursuing Carmelo Anthony in a four-team trade. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think this the Rockets can actually pull this off? Oh, man. I will, uh, There's just so many thoughts swirling in my head right now. So, first of all, four-team trades are very hard to pull off. Yeah. I think the last four-team trade that happened successfully was getting Dwight Howard to the Lakers. Ooh. Yeah, and that was a very complicated trade. 
Yeah. Um, the rock. So what's going on here is the Rockets need to clear a lot of cap space to actually get Carmelo Anthony on their team. Mm-hmm. And since they've already traded away a lot of their best assets to the Clippers to get Chris Paul and clear cap space for him, uh, it's going to be really hard to scrounge resources to get Carmelo Anthony on an equal trade value. Yeah. Um, so what you're looking at, uh, what they're saying is Ryan Anderson, uh, on his $19 million contract would probably be the biggest piece of that puzzle. But that's not quite enough to get them there because Carmelo Anthony's contract's at twenty five million, I believe. Twenty five. Yeah. So they're gonna need to give away Ryan Anderson and some other assets, which most of their best young players that the Knicks would probably want, they're, they're already gone. traded to the Clippers. They give them pretty much every one of their young guys. Yeah. Um. So this is why they need one or maybe even two teams as a part of this trade, or else they're gonna have to give up uh, Trevor Ariza or uh, Eric Gordon as part of the trade, and that would kind of gut their team a little bit. Yeah. Gut their core. So if that happened, Carmelo Anthony might not even want to go to Houston if it requires them to get rid of some of their key uh, role players. Right. So I guess, why not just bring the Clippers back into this then? Let's see. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's yeah. Get rid of some of these guys. You know? um, yeah, like you were saying, this a four-team trade. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Like, if I'm an NBA team and the Knicks or the Rockets call me up and ask me if I want to do help them out in making this trade, I'm not sure I'll even say yes. Like, yeah, you have to make it really sweet for them. Exactly. Like, if you're, I'm not, I'm just throwing names out. If you're Memphis or Mav, the Mavericks, some of these teams that are fighting for playoff position, like, why would you want to help the Rockets out? Yeah, it's, it's, you're only helping the Rockets by putting Carmelo Anthony and, you are basically saying, okay, we'll just take Ryan Anderson. Yeah. His $19 million contract. Not a lot of teams can do that at this point in free agency because they've already gotten all their cap space taken care of. Yeah. So it just seems like it probably should have happened already if it was going to. Mm-hmm. And now that it hasn't happened, it's going to be really hard for this to actually be executed. Yeah. And it's it seems kind of funny to me that this is the story that's coming out because I really thought Carmelo Anthony maybe wanted to go more in the Cavs direction, but the Rockets don't seem like a bad thing. And the only and the reason I say that it's because so Mike D'Antoni was actually Carmelo Anthony's coach back in the early Nick days. Yeah, was that like two thousand and twelve? Two thousand twelve. Yeah, back with Amari Stoudemire and some of those guys that were on that team, um, and things didn't seem to mesh very well back then. I mean, they mm-hmm. made it to that Eastern Conference final, but I think that was more with Mike Woodson. Mike D'Antoni mm-hmm. and I mean Mike D'Antoni even came out as far as saying that he believes that the reason he got fired was just because Carmelo Anthony just never approved of him so it kind of yeah. I feel like it kind of doesn't make sense to me that Carmelo Anthony's aggress sort of like willing to put off that trade clause to go there yeah the only thing I can point to is so about five years ago you're looking at the 28 year old Carmelo Anthony right. the face of a franchise an NBA superstar he wants to be the guy Mm-hmm. And if he's not getting the looks that, um, he's not getting all the looks on the Knicks, if, like Jeremy Lin back then was getting a lot of looks, if Amari right. Stoudemire is getting the looks, um, he's going to be mad. He, he wants to be the guy, and it's probably a little selfish on his part. But now you're looking at a 33-year-old Carmelo Anthony, probably a little mm-hmm. more mature, I should hope. <laughs> um, thirsty for a championship at this yeah. point. And he's got a friend in Chris Paul. He does. James Harden. MVP runner-up could easily be the MVP 
of any other year, and you're like, this this is the team I need to go to yeah. if I want a chance at a title before my career's over. Yeah, because he knows he's on the tail end of it. Yep, he wants to get that banana boat crew together. Oh yes, the infamous <laughs> banana boat. I wonder if that happens. Will Will Dwayne Wade get a buyout from the Bulls? Sign with the Rockets. LeBron James <laughs> oh. signs with the Rockets. Kick James Harden out. Oh, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> this is the Banana Boats the teams would live. <laughs> yes. Um, so so we'll we'll keep on touch on that um, and see where it goes from there. But another interesting trade that or yeah, trade that happened was Avery Bradley's out of the Celtics, which is what I think I mean Avery Bradley is not Gordon Hayward, so something had to happen. You had to make room for Gordon Hayward to come in. But to get rid of Avery Bradley, I think, hurts the Celtics at this point. You, they're lacking in big guys. They're lacking in defensive presence now. So now you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on Gordon Hayward and some of these younger guys who aren't known for defense. Yeah. To, and yeah. especially once you're, you're already there at the second seed, so your team is basically designed to try to build the Cavs. And you lose Avery Bradley. I'm Arguably the best guy to guard Kyrie Irving on that team. Exactly. Marcus Smart's there too, but mm-hmm. Avery Bradley is a little more savvy. Yeah. I'm not sure, Do you is Marcus Smart staying on that team? Might, will they have to move him as well to make room for Gordon Hayward at this point? I think at this point they're good. I yeah. think Yeah, I think so. They've taken care of their cap space problem by trading Avery Bradley and a second rounder to the Pistons mm-hmm. and receiving Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris was on like a four to five million dollar contract, so he doesn't cost a lot, and he gives them a stretch four guy that yeah. can play a little bit of defense, be a little gritty. Uh, but losing Avery Bradley is so hard. Out of yeah. out of the guys that were potentially gonna have to be shipped out of the out of Boston, he was the guy that probably hurts the most. Yeah, because you're looking at Marcus Smart and Jay Crowder, like good players, but. Avery Bradley just seems like he has so much more potential. Even even does. at what twenty eight, twenty nine years old now. Yeah, he just seems like he has so much more to give to a team. He does, and I mean, him and Isaiah Thomas were like buddies. I mean, they played AAU basketball yeah, together. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that would have been a, a solid core to maintain, but something had to give, and Avery Bradley ended up being the guy who had to go. Um, Great move for the Pistons. Yeah. It is a good move for the Pistons. They get him for a discount this year, and they get to keep him for a long time if he wants to sign to a max deal with them next year. Yeah, although I'm not sure what the Pistons are trying to do now because they didn't re-sign Caldwell Poe. Um, it looks like they might be fielding trade offers for Reggie Jackson. It's it's hard to say with that franchise. That franchise is kind of just bloated around for the last yeah. decade. I mean, yeah, they really haven't been relevant since like the Chauncey Billups era. Yeah. But so the Celtics probably in my book they'll probably still be the second best Eastern Conference team. Still might get the one seed in the regular season. That's right. Just because LeBron likes to rest sometimes. Yeah, and that's all. The Cavs are have gotten older, so I mean you might be seeing a little bit more rest days. And the Celtics counterpart, the Toronto Raptors. Well, they trade Damari Carroll. Yeah, Damari Carroll's gone along with both the Raptors' first and second round picks in 2018 for Justin Hamilton. So Damari Carroll's off to the Nets. Mm-hmm. Join Timothy Mozgov, two guys with meaty contracts that nobody wants. D'Angelo Russell might bring him back. You never know. He might <laughs> rejuvenate Damari Carroll. Hey, I mean, Steve we'll Nash see. Effect. I, I have no opinion of how D'Angelo Russell is going to work with Damari Carroll. That's not something I ever envisioned. 
<laughs> it's not really something you think about when you go to bed at night. It might but not even be relevant once. Probably not, you know. But the Nets were able to get two picks in the draft next year, which I think is really huge for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Obviously, they've lost their first-round pick to the Celtics next year. Uh, so they were looking at another terrible year of mediocrity. Yeah. Uh, this pick they have uh, from the Raptors is lottery protected, but I don't think they're going to have to worry about that. The Raptors seem like a very solid playoff team. Um, so that should be a pick that they keep. Yeah. But uh, looking at the Raptors side, I think this is just a salary dump move to make space to re-sign Ibaka and Lowry. Yeah. It's unfortunate that they couldn't keep him, but uh, you got to pay your big guys. Right. And so the Toronto Raptors keep most of their guys. They keep Ibaka, obviously. Um, the Marty Carroll is gone. Where does it, where is this team going? You think they've gotten any better? At all? I don't think they've gotten better. They've just maintained them and the Wizards have kind of just maintained their cores, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's just what you have to do because yeah. you're not gonna tr- you're not gonna get rid of your best guys, obviously, but you have to pay them yeah. like what they deserve to be paid. Mm-hmm. So when you have DeRozan, Lowry, and Ibaka all on huge contracts, there's not much wiggle room left after that. So that's kind of the guys you're stuck with. Mm-hmm. And there's not really that much available that could replace them in free agency. So they'll still remain a competitive team. Right. I wonder if, could you see DeMar, DeMar DeRozan making a big move at all next year? I don't know. Him, him and Kyle Lowry, if, uh, if Game of Zones is any evidence, they seem like buddies. <laughs> I don't think Kyle Lowry would allow him to go anywhere. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like his, his, his ability to, as a player, could he break into the top ten? Oh, as a player. I yeah. thought you meant go anywhere, like, leave. <laughs> well, I was like, no. <laughs> that's possible. Maybe not. But uh, just, I mean, right now I see DeMar DeRozan as a top 15 player, not necessarily a top 10. Yeah, it's just so hard to break into that top 10 when you have, like, I mean, you could count it off. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Uh, you got John Wall, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Chris Paul. Uh, you're already getting close to yeah. the top. It's, it's DeMar DeRozan just doesn't seem to be in that top tier yet yeah um, he's a great scorer elite scorer with the best of them mm-hmm. but his overall game just isn't there yeah and well demar De- carroll did leave um the raptors and nba fans with a little quote um basically s- calling out trust issues within the raptors um yeah that's interesting i i would have thought that the raptors were pretty uh had pretty high synergy with each other, just mm-hmm. based off of Kyle Lauer and DeMar DeRozan seemed like they had a pretty good relationship. Um, you never really heard anything, uh, like, news-wise about that, um, but you never really know what's going on in the locker rooms. Maybe that this isn't too uncommon of a thing, though, really. Yeah, so this is his quote, part of it. It says, this year I feel like a lot of guys didn't trust each other, and a lot of guys, they didn't feel like other guys could produce or be given the opportunity. So there was a lot, a lot of lack of trust on our team. So that's what hindered us from going as far as we wanted to go. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And it seems interesting because that team is basically, for the most part, keeping itself together outside of DeMar Carroll. Yeah, like usually when you have guys that don't work together, they usually just up and leave. Yeah. But if they're going to, if they kept all their guys together, maybe DeMar Carroll was the actual problem. Probably. <laughs> it's kind of like he was like the Rajon Rondo of the group or something like that. So we got a um, a big signing that I actually really wanted to talk about was the Rudy Gay, two years, 
17 million. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll go to that one. I kind of wanted to skip over and go straight to this one. Sure. Um, mainly because I just... We all somehow always automatically think the Spurs are going to be a top four team. Um, but this year, I kind of want to think the same thing, but are they really a top four team in the West? So you don't think this Rudy Gay signing helps them at all, is what you're saying? No, I don't think it does. Really? And I think it it's almost like... Making Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay your signing almost seems like you're just trying to see you're just trying to get what you can get right now. Like I'm not sure if Rudy Gay does anything for the Spurs. I kind of almost think he he's gonna ruin that team flow that they have just because Rudy Gay is sort of like a high volume shooter who hasn't really been very efficient throughout his career. And he'll probably come off the bench because yeah. Kawhi Leonard's playing his position exactly. So I'm not sure what you're thinking with bringing him on unless you're having him play the two or maybe you're maybe you're, you're put him at the two mm-hmm. um uh, it's interesting i mean it's not a bad signing there's no reason to not have rudy gay on your team uh two years 17 million seems like a bargain too um so he's six foot eight can you play him as a four you can play him you can go small and play him at the four um teams have done that it it seems weird because so that team right now, as it currently stands, you got Patty Mills as your point guard. Tony Parker maybe starting. Maybe it's Patty Mills. I feel I guess. like at some point this season, Patty Mills is going to take over as the starter. That's what I'm thinking. It's the end of the Tony Parker era. Yeah, Tony Parker seems to have some durability issues at this point now. He keeps going, coming down. Monty Ginobili, is he staying for another year or is he gone? Uh, I don't remember. I'll look that up. But. but well, Mono Ginobili, you can play him. I guess I'm thinking he's not going to be there, but you got Pagasol still not making a decision, and Rudy Gay is your 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 free agent splash this season. I think this. I think the Spurs are dropping down to a six seed this year. Ooh, six seed. So as of now, Ginobili is still on the team, but he hasn't decided if he's going to retire yet. Yeah, it's not going to make a difference. Yeah, but I mean, he's not. It won't matter. <laughs> he had some moments last year. Yeah, he had that block on Harden in the playoffs. He did. That was awesome. But you got to get there before you can get that moment. Yes, true. And the way the West is looking, so Rudy Gay replaces Ginobili in that off the bench kind of role. You know, the sixth man. Yeah, Rudy Gay just doesn't seem like a Greg Popovich guy to me. But then again, everyone's a Greg Popovich guy. Greg Popovich can make anyone a good player. Then again, they did sign. They had Stephen Jackson a couple years ago, and Stephen Jackson just was like. Sort of like this guy who was on the that We Believe Warriors team that mm. just like fought hard, but only Great fought team. hard when he really wanted to. But then he went on that Spurs team and he was just like a completely reinvented yeah. player, making smart decisions, willing to sacrifice for his teammates, and mm-hmm. he bought in. Yeah, so if you buy into the Popovich system, I think anything's possible. So you have them as the sixth seed mm-hmm. going into next year at this point. That means you have the Warriors, I'm guessing the Thunder, I have Rockets at number two. Rockets, then the Thunder. Then the Thunder. Then the Wolves? I don't know, man. That fourth seed seems kind of Who do you have at four? I think if I had to, if I had to choose right Clippers? now. No, I think I'm going with the Timberwolves. <laughs> All right, Timberwolves at four. The Timberwolves. And then you even have another team ahead of the Spurs still after that. With Kawhi Leonard. I don't know, man. Maybe I should take that That's back. a hot take right yeah, there. Yeah, that is a hot take. But I'm gonna stick with it. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the. I think the Clippers leapfrog them. Either the. Yeah. I accept your bargain. Yeah. 
I'm thinking that. And the Timberwolves, you know, I wouldn't have this much faith with them, but if it wasn't for these recent signings, especially with Jamal Crawford this last... That's a big one. This is a big one. They're, yeah. Now I know that they're serious. They not only are relying on this young core, but they brought in some veterans, some veteran players that are proven in the playoffs. You got Jeff T, Jamal Crawford, Tosh Gibson, guys who have been in this moment. I think these guys are gonna get are really gonna give the Timberwolves a boost enough to get them into that. Yeah, I mean, you get Jamal Crawford for two years, nine million. That's a great value for a guy that's just gonna come off the bench and light it up mm-hmm. sometimes. And yeah. he's great veteran leadership. He's been in the league forever, mm-hmm. and you have these young guys, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, that need this guidance from someone that's done it. It's yeah. been there, done that, you know. So right. he's just going to bring so much on and off the court for them. Yeah, I kudos to Tom Thibodeau um, and his staff out there. Like they've they brought in some good guys, um, and of course, you also have Jimmy Butler there. <laughs> this is going to be a really fun team to look oh, it's and be I, super interesting. I cannot wait to see the Timberwolves in the playoffs. I don't think yes. no one thought that was possible. No. It's been so long. Yeah, it's literally been more than a decade since they've been in the playoffs ever since yeah. Kevin Garnett, Latrice Brewell. KG days. Yeah, now that's going to be exciting. Yeah. So moving on with the free agency market, um breaking news Caldwell Pope signs with the Lakers on a one-year, $18 million deal. Good pickup. That's a good pickup. I like it. Caldwell Pope's a good player. Has some consistency issues. He's also a high-volume shooter. But this is this is a guy that's gone off for 40-plus, but at the same time can go scoreless and go 0 for 9, 0 oh, for 10. very true. But you're also getting great defense from him, too. That's and true. And he's a young player. He's 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy that's he's been he was the guy on the Pistons. Right, he was running that show, so he's as experienced as any NBA veteran, really. Yeah, and I think that's why the I think the Pistons have kind of just had enough of the frustration because yeah. he is very inconsistent. Right, and I'm not sure if that might have been a result of the offense the Pistons were running, maybe the lack of spacing they had there, lack of personnel too, lack of personnel. <laughs> But we'll see. I mean, we got him for a one-year deal. Surprised he agreed to that. I'm, I'm sure he. I'm sure it was more money this year than he would have gotten from any long-term deal from another team. Right. Kind of like the JJ Redick deal. Yeah, probably makes sense that way. Magic made it happen though, and I'm glad this they got someone like this because honestly, the, I was looking at this Laker roster and I was like, they're a last place Western Conference <laughs> team. Not that this brings them any closer to being an eight seed at all, but at least. It puts them in contention against Phoenix Sun, the Suns, and the Kings for to see who who's going to get last place yeah. again in the Western Conference. Um, it was really a move you guys had to make, yeah. Because after you drafted Lonzo Ball, it was just silence. Yeah, everyone was expecting the Lakers to do something in free agency, and nothing happened until now. Yeah, Caldwell Pope, all Lakers fans can rejoice that something actually happened. Yeah. And I guess this also confirms, like, a lot of people out there were saying that Magic was only willing to offer, or Magic and Rob were only willing to offer players one-year contracts. Yeah. And I, and they got Caldwell Post, so it kind of confirms that, um, which I, I can see why they're doing that. But at the same time, I'm, like, uh, me and like, other Laker fans, we're just kind of tired of seeing the Lakers in last place. And yeah. Magic and Rob have come in, and I think it's time that you they try to, position the Lakers at least to a 
10th place, at least get 30, 35 yeah. wins. I think they're definitely in contention to get that. Yeah. Uh, it's like it, it seems like a good starting lineup on paper with Ball and Pope as your guards, and you have Ingram, Randall, and Lopez yeah, as, your, Lopez. as your front court. So, I mean, that's that's a good team. It yeah, sounds like a, a good team on paper. Um, they're going to have some pretty solid defense, I think. Yeah. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna be a good team. You got Pope being able to shoot. Lonzo's gonna actually have a shooter to dish the ball to now in Pope if he can just knock him down more in a more consistent rate. Which maybe Lonzo Ball is the type of point guard he's been needing to play with as opposed to a Reggie Jackson who's mm-hmm. more of a volume shooter and scorer. Um, but unfortunately, with this Caldwell Pope, all that man was like a, a Laker favorite, fan favorite, and I know yours favorite too, <sighs> Sean. David Nwaba had to be cut to make room for him. The most tragic part of this entire offseason, David Nwaba mm-hmm. did not deserve to be cut. No. Now, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, though. Yes. So, in all of this convoluted cap space, luxury tax, front office, uh, whatever. <laughs> so, you have to give Caldwell Pope, you're able to give Caldwell Pope a full $17.7 million for his one-year contract if mm-hmm. you cut Nawaba. Yep. But then... So then... Explain the rest of this. Oh, it's I can... so confusing. Okay, so <laughs> this is... This is so, this is what the Lakers are, are shooting for. They haven't come out publicly and said this, obviously, but it's... it's You can it's speculate. A it's a possibility that this is what's happening. It's what I'm hoping. Yeah, and Nawaba has just been playing way too good. He's been killing it in the summer league. Like, why would you not want to keep Everyone loves guy? him. Yeah, Everyone loves Nawaba. It's a fan favorite. So basically... You cut Nwaba, um, so then you can get that extra cap room to give Pope what he wants to get closer to that eighteen million mark, and then you give it forty-eight hours for Nwaba to clear the waivers. And if no team resigns him within that forty-eight hours, the Lakers can basically open up cap space and give and get Nwaba back um, for that same deal that he was already on. Um, the big risk, though, is that no team picks him up. In two days to pick him up. Yeah, so no team picks him up within that 48. I guess it's a little bit less now at this point, but still, nonetheless, it's still two days. It's a real possibility. Yeah, so the Lakers attempted this a couple years ago with Kendall Marshall. He was a point guard, and he was playing really well. Um, the Lakers waived him to clear some little extra cap space, and we the Lakers were sure they would be able to get him back, but unfortunately the Milwaukee Bucks did sweep yeah. in and took him away from us. I mean, he hasn't really been a huge impact player, so I guess it wasn't a huge loss. Uh, it really game. wasn't. The only thing was we were we were really lacking a, a backup point guard at that right, time. true. But it doesn't... It, we still finished, like, second to last or last place in the West yeah. that year. But <laughs> but David Nob is definitely a good piece to keep, definitely heading into next year, and then potentially if he, you know, he grows and grooms as like on the path that he seems to be on, then maybe we can offer him more money next year. But all this, all this is only possible if no team picks him up within the next yeah. forty-eight hours or two days. I just have to think that there's a team out there that wants a six-foot-four, seven-foot wingspan, lockdown defender. Yeah. On a one point three million dollar contract. Oh yeah. That's so cheap when you're talking about giving guys. 25 million a year mm-hmm. you just get a guy that comes off the bench and hustles and gives you energy that yeah. seems like he's gonna garner some interest yeah i mean david noah and i almost think that maybe it was timed well because now as we head in david Nova was killing it in the playoffs summer league playoffs and now as we head 
or in just the summer league in general. But now as we head into the playoffs, I think the Lakers just kind of wanted to turn heads away from him because so many because he was attracting attention True. because yeah. of his play. Um, he was easily the best player on the on the Lakers summer league team, mm-hmm. and but now that he's not there, I guess it'll give room for Lonzo Ball and Kuzman and some of these other guys to shine. But I mean, aside from all this, I hope they keep Nuaba. But another thing that's kind of caught my attention a little bit in the bad ways, I guess the Lakers are still sort of interested in signing Rajon Rondo. Uh, yeah. And I don't see why you would want Rondo. I mean, he's a good player. You know what you're getting with him. But I just don't think he's the type of guy you need on the Lakers roster right now. Um, and so they're stuck between signing Tyler Ennis and Rajon Rondo. My thoughts go with Ennis. Forget Rondo. Don't bring him on. <laughs> yeah. We don't need him. He's not going to de- help develop anybody. He doesn't shoot. He's sort of a pass-first point guard. Why would you need that when you already have Lonzo Ball? And I'm not... I don't think Rajon Rondo is the type of guy that wants to come off the bench either. Rondo is just a problem guy too. Like, yeah, he's just not the kind of character you want in that locker room right now. Mm-mm. He's not like yeah, sure, he's a veteran. He has great playoff experience. He's won championships, but that wasn't because of him. Yeah, he's the fourth best guy on that team, and he takes all the credit for it. That's not a guy you want on your team. No, he's, he's way too cocky. He gets injured all the time. Yeah. He's not going to give you much off the bench. Um, he really only does well in the starting role. Mm-hmm. Um, where he, on the Bulls in the playoffs last year for the two games that he could play, yeah. he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to start him over Lonzo Ball. No. I mean, at this point, I want to see Lonzo Ball play. Yeah, I mean, we're, definitely. We're not going to fight for a playoff spot, and Rondo's not going to change that. Mm-hmm. So why waste those minutes of a potential development oh, on a totally. guy who... Yeah, that's not the guy you want to learn from. Yeah. I don't want to learn from Rajon Rondo. Yeah, and this is a guy that's been accused of stat stuffing. That hunting. Yeah, I mean, Russell Westbrook's been accused of that too, so... Yeah, but Russell Westbrook <laughs> is also the MVP <laughs> in this league. <laughs> I'm sure they all stat stuff to some extent, but yeah, it's just another knock on him. Yeah, but I say to the Lakers, you sign Tyler Ennis. Yes, he sucks now. But it'll do the Lakers better in the long run. Forget Rajon Rondo. Let him try to jump on some team that's contending. I'm not sure where he could fall. I don't really care, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, as long as he doesn't see the light of day. Right. There won't be no skin off of my bones. Mm-hmm. Um, so another highlight signing that's occurred is Dion Waiters stays with the Heat. Four years, $52 million. Well, That seems like a bargain to me. It does. It really does when you compare it to some of these other deals. Yeah, um, we're talking about Deion Waiters being, he seemed to be the leader of that charge last year when they reversed ship completely and yeah. almost made the playoffs. I feel like Deion Waiters should get a lot of the credit for that. He should. And this is this is a guy I never really gave a lot of respect to, especially when he was on the Cavs in OKC. And OKC, there was at times where he... Sh- he showed signs of like the kind of player he could be, and then but most of the time he was sort of like this guy who, who had turned who turned the ball over was kind of almost afraid of the moments was afraid yeah. of making mistakes and another thing to him he is a little bit undersized for his position, but there's guys out there that have been successful, mm-hmm. um, and he came into the league with some big expectations and he kind of just like faltered but good for him to kind of have found a place in Miami and has sort of found his his niche and he's got a he, he signed a good deal for the Miami Heat and this might be a team that 
you know, picks themselves up and maybe fights for that fifth seed, sixth seed in the East this year. Yeah, every team in the East except for, like, the Nets and the Knicks can get this fifth seed. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, with all the power moving to the West, the Heat should well be well in contention. And they'll definitely get a playoff spot this year. Yeah. That's a big... And you got... You you, you paired Hassan Whiteside now with uh, Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. Tough guy. Yeah, Kelly Olynyk. He signs for four years, $50 million. And they also re-signed James Johnson for four years, $60 million. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know anything about James Johnson uh, <laughs> before I looked him up. I seemed like he was a pretty good guy off the bench for them. Getting, like, he played in 76 games for them, got about 13 points a game. Yeah, Probably solid guy. Energy. Yeah, and Kelly Olenek, I mean, he can shoot the lights out sometimes. And yeah. he's a great stretch four. Like, mm-hmm. You can play him on the three-point line. You can post him up. Um, he has a lot of energy. Right. Jim uh, Rat, if you will. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, they've got some good pieces there in yeah. Miami. I mean, if you're Hassan Whiteside, you take – Hassan Whiteside is just known for his defensive presence, but you take him, put him on the bench. It's not bad to have Kelly Olnick out there to oh, replace him. Oh, completely, yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard to even remember that Dwayne Wade left last yeah. year. Like, they've completely righted the ship without really missing a beat. Yeah, it almost, it almost seems like Dwayne – Dwayne Wade leaving kind of gave this team sort of like the ability to find their own identity. Like a guy like Dion Waiters and even Goran Dragic, who was killing the league before he joined Miami. Yeah, on the Suns, yeah. And then all of a sudden he signs with the Heat and he kind of just becomes more of an average player, which is really surprising to me. But now that Dwayne, but once Dwayne Wade left, this team sort of had that second wave in the second half of the season. And then part of that was because Dion Waiters and Goran Dragic, Dion Waiters found himself, Goran Dragic sort of like had a rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all the pieces seem to fit together really well on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to be the most exciting team to watch because they don't have the star power. The right. Sun Whiteside is their closest thing to a star, and mm-hmm. he's more of a defensive star. Yeah. And rebounds aren't very flashy. Yeah. But I think it's just a team that meshes well together. Yeah, I agree. Um, but like looking in that Dion Waiter signing, where he's at, what he's doing for that team, and then you compare it to the other side to a guy who plays somewhat similar to him in the same position, Team Tim Hardaway with the Knicks, oh, goes boy. for four years and seventy-one million dollars. So when you break it down, Dion Waiter's averaged fifteen point eight point fifteen point eight points, forty-two point four shooting, with three point three rebounds and four point three assists. Tim Hardaway fourteen point five. 45% shooting, 2.8 rebounds, 2.3 assists. Pretty good. But somehow this guy ends up walking away with a lot more money in his pockets. Way more money. <laughs> it doesn't make... And of course it's the Knicks that make this deal. Yeah. It, it's a guy that you... you. I mean, he could turn into something good, but like, why do you pay him so much money? Yeah. And a guy... Yeah, it just it makes me mad that a guy like Tim Hardaway gets that much more money than a guy like Dion Waiters. Exactly. And Dion Waiters is going to take his team to the playoffs. Yeah, Whereas, and Tim Hardaway will ride the Knicks into mediocrity. Kind of like a Harrison Barnes, if you will. <laughs> Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Another guy that just completely <laughs> overpaid. So now is this Tim Hardaway deal, how does that compare to the Drew Holiday, ludicrous five-year, $126 million deal? Well, I'm going to look at it this way. So the Pelicans, they needed a point guard, and they needed a quality point guard to take on to help those two bigs they got down there. So just because the lack of what was available to them, 
I think Drew Holiday, you just had to do it. Oh, you just had to kind of just like <laughs> blindly just accept that that's what you had to do. You had to pay this man and you had to get him on the team. Compared to this Tim Hardaway deal, I think the Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday signing was good. Oh man, so I I still think the Drew Holiday signing is the craziest, most absurd signing. Tim Hardaway is a close second. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, you're looking at him, he's getting paid more than Kelly Olynyk and James Johnson too. Uh, guys that I'd much rather have over him. Yeah, I I'm, just don't see the appeal. Where's the upside? Well, the uh, the upside is Drew Holiday is young. I mean, he could potentially. I mean, the Pelicans are being ridden off, and a lot of it is on DeMarcus Cousins, but I think most of it is going to come down to that point guard position, to Drew Holiday. If Drew Holiday can figure out how to feed these guys the ball in the right places, like the Pelicans could go from being a team that's fighting for an eight seed to potentially jumping into that fourth or fifth. Ah, that's so. That's really hard to say when you have so many good teams in the West. Yeah. And we saw how... The Pelicans experiment last year hasn't worked out. Maybe with an off season they gel and they're able to figure it out. But I don't know. I just I just don't see them doing anything. They're just kind of in the background in all of this. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't bet my money on it. Like I still see the Pelicans being one of the teams that's fighting for that eight seed. But I mean, if you're if you're the Pelicans, you got to bet on somebody. You got your two big guys, so you're betting on Drew Holiday being able to figure this thing out. As, as the point guard on this team. He better. And the only reason you're doing that, is, which is the biggest reason, is because there was a lack, really, of point guards that were available out there for them to go out and get. There was a lack of point guards. And I'm trying to think of how he could have been paid that much, though. Like, were other teams willing to pay him that much? Or is his agent just that good? Whatever. Good agents. Good agents. Good agents. But I, to me, Tim Hardway, worst deal of the offseason. Um, big reason why is because you didn't have to do it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to do it. You, you didn't. could have paid multiple players that seventy-one million. Right. You could have gotten like three players for that seventy-one million. Yeah, and the Knicks aren't. You're not. You're not fighting for a playoff spot. You're not a contending team. You're not trying to bring back a core. Tim Hardaway isn't. The the biggest ir- irony of this all is that Tim Hardaway was at one point a New York Nick. And you traded him away for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came out and became something. Yeah. And now you're overpaying now for this pain. something. Here's the thing. I think no one wants to go to the Knicks. So they're offering guys deals. No one wants to go there. Because it's just a dumpster fire right now. You're like and begging And Tim Hardaway people. is like, okay, I'll come back. But you're going to have to make it worth my while. Yeah. And they're like, well, we don't have any players. So I guess we just got to go for it. Oh, my Lord. Now, that's <laughs> that right there is a statement. Um, yeah, Tim Hardway, you didn't have to do it, but now he's there. Doesn't Not going to make a difference. New York Knicks are still a <laughs> media core team. Christoph Porzingis, good player. Feel bad that's for it. him. That's it. I guess you just got to be patient and... If you're him and just wait till your contract runs out and you resign, <laughs> everyone's got to get out of there, yeah. man. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, another r- random signing OKC re- retains Andre Robertson and gets Raymond Felton. Raymond Felton on a minimum. On I a think minimum. that's a great deal for them. Raymond Felton was a great backup for the Clippers last year. He stepped mm-hmm. in a little bit when Chris Paul got hurt. He was able to play some starter minutes. Um, he knows how to play the game. I mean, yeah. he was the starter. Uh, before he went to the Clippers, is on uh, the Bobcats, right? Yeah, yeah, back when they were the Bobcats, right? Um, yeah, so he had some good years there. 
Yeah. He was a near all-star. Um, the Robertson signing, at first I, I kind of was thinking, okay, see if they bring out Robertson, that's bad. They need to go out there and try to get somebody better. But then you're looking at the market, and there really wasn't anybody better. And they ended up getting him for three years, $30 million, which is, I that's think... That's a good deal. Yeah, I think that's a really good deal. Yeah, like the guy plays great defense. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows the system. He's been there for a few years now. Yeah. I think Russ would, I don't think Westbrook likes him. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. And, I mean, Robertson's one of those guys that if you're if you're in the playoffs, like, you need a guy like Robertson, a good-sized guy. He's a long wing who can, who's quick on his feet. He can defend. His only downside is just he can't shoot that three. If he can get a, if he can if he can get that a little bit better, I think this guy is probably worth like at least maybe fifteen million dollars more. But I was I'm not sure if this if this signing happened because he really loved OKC or like teams just weren't really offering him that much money, which is a surprise to me a little bit. Yeah, I think you wanted to say an OKC too. I mean, you see Paul George come in. Yeah, you're like, wow. Now I don't have to score. Now that whole part of my game that everyone says I suck at doesn't matter anymore i don't need to do it i can score five points a game and that's okay yeah so here's an interesting thing with roberson back on that team you got paul george and westbrook is this the best defensive backcourt hmm westbrook is a pretty good defender yeah um i'm gonna have to say yes i mean you're looking at paul george two years ago averaging two steals a game Mm -hmm. numbers were down a little bit there last year but i mean he's he can guard multiple positions Mm mm-hmm uh, Roberson, yeah, he's, he can he can definitely guard your opposing two guard. Yeah, um, yeah, this might yeah the defense might be there. I mean, they're definitely gonna have a lot of energy on offense, which might take away from their defense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if they want to lock it down, it seems like they can. I think that's gonna. I'm not sure if they get to the Western Conference Finals. I feel like they might not have enough to take out the Rockets. But if they do, that will be a fun playoff series to watch. That'll be fun. You got Westbrook on Curry. Yeah. Um, you got Robertson on Clay Thompson, Paul George on Durant. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's big time. Yeah, that's big time. That's a yeah. defensive lineup you want out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. I mean, it'll it'll be a struggle for them to make the Western Conference Finals with mm-hmm. all those teams there. But, I mean, they have good shots as anybody. Yeah. I also, also saw something. Uh, Andre Robertson gets paid... One million for every free throw percent he has. Uh, <laughs> that's a point I, I completely did not even think about because I'm thinking about his shooting, but he's also a not a horrendous free throw shooter so for bad. his position, terrible. which is insane to me. How can you be a professional? I mean, like he's not even a center. Yeah, so like the centers, like you, you have a reason. Like your hands are, you have big hands. It's hard for you, sort of like the basketball kind of rests in your hands, like almost like a tennis ball, golf ball for some. But like Robertson, you're you're a guard. Um, you should be able to shoot, man. You should, yeah, <laughs> and you're, yeah. I, that's all. That's it. Like that's the most, nothing else to say about that. Yeah. You should just do it. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe you can't shoot three. Sure, I'll give you that. But like the free throw, like that is a basic fundamental in basketball. Like you, how can you not be able to shoot, knock those down? And honestly, that's a big point of why I can't see OKC going to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I can't. I don't want to say that's the main point, but that's going to be something that's going to bite them. Is Robertson not yeah, being able to knock down the Yeah, they're going to take him out in the last two minutes. Exactly. Like or until the last two minutes. Yeah, and yeah. this is a guy that you want out there in clutch time. You want him chasing around a James Harden or a Chris Paul who are wrapping around picks. Like he's gonna be the guy that's gonna potentially switch right. or like cover a lot of people and you gotta debate whether or not you want him out there because yeah. of free throws. Such a liability yeah. to think about. Seems ridiculous to me. 
Yeah. One of my favorite signings of the offseason, the Clippers sign Eurostar Milos Teodosic. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, I'm not going to correct you. I don't know. So let's <laughs> Two years, see did. <laughs> $12.3 million for the Serbian superstar. Uh, yeah, this guy's a passing wizard. Mm-hmm. Apparently can shoot the lights out. Nice. Uh, the worst defender the world's ever seen. Well, I'm not uh, sure <laughs> Europeans have ever been known for yeah, defense. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not in their DNA. Yeah. But I'm excited to see this. I know a lot of hardcore NBA fans have been really excited to see this guy come to the NBA for a while now. Yeah. Uh, cool to see that the Clippers are giving this, him this opportunity now. Yeah. I mean, good for the Clippers. It's interesting to see them sort of still go at it. Even though they lost Chris Paul, they're still going at it. They're still trying to build a quality team and be up there. And it's it's great to see for the league because I kind of was thinking that people were just going to fall to the ropes and just let the Cavs and Warriors <laughs> dynasty play itself yeah, out. Yeah, just wait. Yeah, and, and wait. No, there. teams are stepping up. Yeah. And the so this is uh, not about the Clippers, but an interesting story point heading into the NBA season is that three potential Western Conference teams are going to be led by guys that are on the same team at one point, if you think about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if, if you're going to have the Rockets, Thunder, and Warriors be your top three, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's a nice story right there. I think this might end up being a 30 for 30 at one, one day. We'll see, though. We'll see how this season plays <laughs> out. The Clippers... Yeah, they're going to be in the shadow somewhere. It'll be interesting to see how they use him, if they're going to start him off slow and start Beverly, mm-hmm. or if they're just going to go right off the bat or just going to go high-powered offense, Yeah, screw defense, let's just go try to get some points. Yeah, uh, You can switch up the strategy a little bit, too. You can, mm-hmm. If you bring in Beverly, you're kind of going with a more defensive-minded game plan. Yeah. If you bring in Milos, you're going to try to just score a lot. Well, that's that's good for a coach. You can you have those choices. You have that dynamic yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Why not shoot? You got Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. You got the big guys down down low. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of nice pick and roll play with those two. Yeah. Uh, I think Milo Milos is gonna really excel in that mm-hmm. system, having those superstar bigs down yeah. low. Yeah, catch those offensive rebounds. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, we'll I'm, see. I'm excited to watch some fancy passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the Clippers have. Built a little a little exciting team of their own. They're playoff contenders, man. They They're, are. They they've really proven that you don't need to tank even if you lose your best player. Yeah. Awesome. Well, can we move on to the summer league? Let's move on to the Las Vegas Summer League. Oh yeah, here we go. The place where you can't wait for the NBA season. This is where you tune to. Um and for a while the summer league has always just been sort of this thing that happens. People don't really pay attention. But this year, it definitely has like a special vibe to it. Um, for the Summer League actually sold out for the first time ever. And it's had a high, the highest attendance since Blake Griffin debuted in the Summer League. I think this is absolutely insane. Yeah. So I, I barely remember that the Summer League exists every year. <laughs> and by the time I remember, it's over. Yeah. And this year, I've been following it since the start. And it's just completely revolutionary. Yeah. I don't know what it is. That's that's what I was thinking. I, well, for me personally, I've followed the Summer League now for, <laughs> I guess, since the Lakers actually started <laughs> falling into the lottery. Yeah, there you go. So for like a good four or five years now. Um, and I'm not, I was asking myself that question today. I'm not sure if it, if it has more to do with the NBA getting bigger or whether or not this last draft class has a lot of buzz around them. 
Yeah, so is this the best draft class we've seen in the last like decade or longer? I don't know. It's interesting to see. Whenever you see these draft classes come out, it seems like there's talks and there's comparisons between previous. But the truth is you don't really know. You can't really make a judgment off that, at least for like maybe, what, four or five years, you think? Yeah. Maybe even longer than that. But there is something to say about the buzz that Lonzo Ball and his dad and the big baller totally. brand have completely created because when Lonzo Ball was debuted in the Summer League, people were cheering every time he touched the ball. It, yeah, it almost felt crazy. like a normal NBA season game out there. Um, and then when the Lakers played and when the Lakers played the Kings and everybody was expecting this year and Fox and Lonzo Ball rematch and when it didn't happen there it was it was disappointing. Oh I was so sad. I was, yeah. I was so excited to watch that. I had it recorded on my DVR. Yeah. And then I hear Lonzo Ball has a sore groin. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, it sounds something sore. Yeah. yeah. And then he plays the next game. Yeah. So it makes you think about it a little bit. Maybe he's a little scared. Maybe. it's. Is it a coincidence? Is it? But either way, truth be told, they're... They're both going to play in the same division heading into the season, so they're going to see play each other games against each other at least four times. Um, Granted, De'Aaron Fox isn't going to be the starter, probably. Yeah, but anyways, what this draft class has sort of created right now in the summer league is something that I really, really hope this draft class actually develops into solid stars because this is going to make for a fun NBA season if you have De'Aaron Fox versus Lonzo Ball yeah. in the same New Pacific rivalries. division. Yes, and you have. Jason Tatum out with the Celtics out there. Yeah. You have Markel Fultz with the 76ers. Perhaps you can create some sort of like Eastern Conference mm-hmm. rivalry out there. I would love to see some renewed Lakers-Celtics rivalries. Oh, I like yeah. the Celtics too much right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And I, I would like to see these teams develop. I mean, even Josh Jackson with the Suns. Like, you have a, you have you can have three solid players there yeah. in the Pacific Division. That'll, that'll be fun. Um, But, like, just, yeah, breaking it down, it looks like if I had to choose a player from this draft class that's having the best summer league, I think I'd have to go with Jason Tatum right now. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he's been the most consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looks like he's NBA ready. Yeah. He, he, he looks like he knows what he's doing out mm-hmm. there. He's a step ahead of everyone else on the floor. Granted, he's going to because it's the third overall pick. And a lot of the guys he's playing against were undrafted. Mm-hmm. So it was expected that he was going to be this good, but it's good to see that he's living up to expectations. Yeah. So he out, he's out there averaging 17.7 points, eight rebounds, a 42.2% shooting, um, which is solid numbers. And, and it's not just drives, it's jump shots, too. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he can do it from everywhere. Yeah, he's got some nifty moves. I saw him one point, he like, he pivoted and did some turnaround fadeaway on somebody yeah, on the I've baseline seen some nice corner. Crossovers, yeah. I, and, I mean, these are good moves, and he's confident out there. Um, a little more of a contrast compared to Lonzo Ball's first game. He kind of went out there. Oh, man, what a stinker. Yeah, he looked like he looked like he was lacking confidence. He wasn't sure what to do. Um, I'm not sure how much of that was on him or maybe the Laker team. He Just, might have had some nerves. I would have some nerves, too. You have all these expectations on mm-hmm. you. Every, like you sell out a crowd at a summer league game, yeah. People expect you to be amazing, yeah. And I mean, he's he's a eighteen, nineteen year old kid. I know. You. Um, but he he seemed to calm down after that, after yeah. those first game jitters, and he just put up a triple double in the yeah. second game. Oh, three elevens. That's yep. gotta be lucky. Yeah, that's good. And he just came off that game 
earlier that you didn't get a chance to watch. I, yeah, driving. But he dropped 30, 36 points, um, a couple key baskets down the line to give that Lake, the Lakers that win to go into the second round of the Summer League. Um, that's a great game for him because up to this point, Everybody was out. Everybody from the last draft class was out playing. At least everybody in the top, at least the top six. Yeah, yeah. Were Kyle out playing Kuzma him. had a thirty-point game. Yeah. Um. You had Josh Hart playing great ball. Yeah. Uh, Bryant playing great ball too. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. Lonzo really needed this to prove mm-hmm. that he's still the guy. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, Josh Jackson, Jason Tatum, Markel Fultz. All these guys were just. I've been. They've been having solid games, mm-hmm. and Lonzo Ball has kind of. He started off yeah. with that terrible debut, solid second game. Okay, he got, he was out with that groin injury. So this 36 points, this is good. That's a good confidence booster, if nothing else. And that's really what you just want out of the summer league is just to play well. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter really if you win or not. Um, you're just trying to get a feel for playing with an entirely different set of people. Exactly. Uh, I'm sure you're not playing with the veterans, but playing with the second-year guys even, mm-hmm. um, that that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, and so what I wanted to see from the Lakers is to get up there, get into that summer, make it to the summer league finals or even the semifinals, and just just compete. You know, try to win, get yeah, some confidence under you well. heading into the season. Um, and then when they took Brandon Ingram out, and then Lonzo Ball was talking about that groin injury, I figured, okay, the Lakers are they're throwing in the towel, which is fine. Summer league doesn't really matter. But at the same time, I kind I wanted to see them go after it, and for Lonzo Ball to come out, score thirty six points and carry the Lakers into that second round. That's a good sign. And we'll see if he fulfills his promise cuz he said the Lakers are going to he's going to carry the Lakers to a summer league championship win. I'll see if he has the same prophetic powers as his father. Yeah. We'll see if that that passed down to him. If he can speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. Yep, just got to speak it into existence. Yeah. And well Marco Fultz is out injured. Um, he's missing the rest, right? Yeah, unfortunately, kind of. I really wanted to see that matchup with him and and Ball, oh, yeah. or, or him and a couple of other guys that he didn't get a chance to play with during the normal summer league games. But well, luckily, it's not too serious. I think he's only supposed to miss two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be ready for training camp. Right, uh, that's the most important part. Uh, as long as God, I just really want that seventy sixers team to stay healthy before the mm-hmm. season starts. If Ben Simmons gets injured again, I'm going to be so upset. Yeah. And you want this team to succeed. They've they've been they've sort of cheated the system in a way, but then you kind of just get over that because they're such li- they're likable characters. Um and you just feel bad for that team and it's and then the potential that you see just makes just gets you excited. Yeah. It's it's really cool cuz you look at these guys like they have the last two number 1 picks in the NBA draft. These are the guys you're most excited to watch play NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. We got robbed of that last year with Ben Simmons being out mm-hmm. the entire year. And now you have Markel Fultz. It seems like he has a little bit of injury concerns. And you're just like, gosh, just keep it together. Yeah. Just stay together. Just just play. Just, yeah. Just do it for me. <laughs> I know. We just it's interesting to see this 76ers team. Hopefully they put it together. They need a better trainer. That's what they need. Yeah, they need to make a call to the Phoenix Suns training staff. Yeah. Exactly. That's train that Phoenix Suns training staff put some guys together for a long time. Steve Nash, Grant Hill, Shaquille O'Neal, all these guys <laughs> yeah, just past man. the age. And Amari Stoudemire too. He was always consistent with the Suns. As soon as he left that training staff, things sort of went a little bit downhill from there. Well, any other is there anybody that stands out to you in this summer league play so far? I mean De'Aaron Fox looks great. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox, he's been averaging seventeen and a half points, four rebounds, assists, and steals. Mm-hmm. Four steals a game. Yeah. Is insane. 
Yes. Yeah. He's so fast. Uh, I watched a few games with him where he'd just get easy steals off passes and he'd just fly down the court for a layup. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a vocal leader yeah. on the floor. Um, he's always talking to his guys. You can always see him mouthing stuff to them. And he just looks like he's ready to play. He's yeah. very driven, very motivated. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun to see how he develops under, yeah. under uh, George Hill. Yeah, I agree. Um, De'Aaron Fox definitely seems, he's one of those guys, he just looks like a, looks like a, he looks like a pit bull out there. Yeah, just, he's just, ready. Just hungry. Just pit bull with crazy hair. Exactly. And the <laughs> thing about him, though, in a pit bull is that he's got the speed that a pit bull wouldn't have. Right. He's, he's just quick. He's a quick guy, and he goes after the ball. Um, he's really nifty, too. Yeah. High IQ player. Speaking to that Lonzo rivalry, that that Twitter face, that emoji that he posted, oh, the smack face. Exactly. Oh, I love it. <laughs> he deleted it two hours later, but he should know better. that You can't just delete stuff and expect everyone to forget about it. Oh, yeah. No, I think at this point, he he knows it, so he just put it out there. Like, mm-hmm. he wanted to send a message, and he deleted it because it seems like that's the protocol nowadays. Yeah. But I think he, he completely knew what he was doing. I mean, I don't think he would have been fined for it. No. I mean, we saw Joel and B get fined for using a expletive against LeVar Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you can't no, this find is, someone for that. This is competitive fun. I mean, this is great. I just can't. I love it. Yeah, I just can't wait for the... I just really hope that both of these guys develop and we just see a renewed Kings-Laker rivalry. And some, I doubt it's going to be to the level where these teams are competing for a championship, at least maybe not in the near future, but at least just... We have two teams that are on the rise at the same time, and we compete, and they meet up four times in the regular season, and hopefully they meet up in Maybe the playoffs. Maybe they play sometime in the future. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, to close things off, one more question. Who do you think are the biggest winners of this offseason for you? Oh, right now? Give me three. Oh, that's, that's very difficult. Oh, man. Okay. So I'm going to go with Timberwolves. Timberwolves? One. Yeah, that's a pretty obvious one. They've acquired so many pieces. Huh. Uh, I'm going to go with the Clippers, actually. that's cra- I know it's crazy, Yeah. but if you're looking at Chris Paul leaving, it could have been catastrophic. So you think it? Num- they're a winner as a result of their circumstances? A winner as a result as they stayed the course while yeah. losing your best player, which seems impossible. Yeah. So I mean, there might be some bias there, too. Yeah, but I think they've done a great job. And then three, I'm going to have to go with the Kings. The Kings. The King, they, they've they signed all players that I like. Yeah. Like George Hill, Zach Randolph. Uh, and then their draft was great. Yeah. Aaron Fox. Uh, they just seem like they have a lot of good pieces. And they didn't lose anyone, obviously. They had nobody to lose. Right. So uh, I think... They have a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. So that's the three I'm going to go with right now off the top of my head. All right. All right. Interesting you? picks. I did not think you were going to say. I figured you might have thrown the Clippers in there. But <laughs> but so I'll share with you the Timberwolves. I think the Timberwolves okay. had a yeah. great offseason. I mean, not just the Jimmy Butler trade, but like the pieces that they brought in, Tosh Gibson, Jeff T. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are solid contributors to that team. Jamal Crawford, obviously, yeah. too. Um, number two. I'm going to go with, um, let's see, who was I going to go with? Huh. The Celtics. The Celtics, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, Gordon yeah. Hayward. You got a good team. You you made it just a little bit better. Maybe you beat the Cavs, maybe you don't, but at least you're going for it and you're attacking. Um, and 
and I think the biggest winner of the offseason, you might not think this, this is kind of off, but I think Chris Paul is the biggest winner oh, of this offseason. Oh, yeah, you're still going on that. <laughs> I think Chris Paul is a dog. The man opts into his contract, tells the Clippers he's not resigning. They forces him to trade him to the team he wants to oh. go on. He's there. Not only is he there, but this team may potentially get Carmelo Anthony and get better. <laughs> And next, and then next year he's gonna be able to sign that super oh, max deal with the Rockets. So much cash. Yeah. So to me, the biggest dog, the biggest <laughs> winner of this offseason is Chris Paul. Kudos yeah. to you and your team. Yeah, if they get Car- his buddy Carmelo on that team, yeah, that's that's just icing on the cake. Right? Exactly. Like if that banana boat team ever ends up in Houston, you're gonna look back at that moment as this. Yes, was, this was what started. It this all. is what started it all. <laughs> I, st- I still got me some love for Chris Paul. Yep. He, he left us with some stuff. But. Yeah. But that guy is the winner of this offseason. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And that is it for our episode today. Um, next week, we'll be talking some summer league summer league basketball. By then, we'll probably have a championship, a champion crown. Yeah. So we'll, take, we'll dive into that. Um, obviously, there's still some room for some more trades to happen in free agency. And if it does, you know, we'll be discussing that. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting stuff. This is one of the most exciting off-seasons I've seen in a while. Yeah, a lot of moves. Um, it's actually been a lot of transfers of stars, which I was surprised. Yeah. Nobody really seemed to stay. Chaos, man. It's great. Embrace yep. the chaos. Love yep. it. Yep. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning out. I'm Alan. I'm out. See you later, guys.